Welcome to Front Row from 2LO Rebooted, telling the stories of BBC design and engineering. It's a year since D&E was formed, and we talked to Matthew Postgate about how it's been for him, and ask him about the challenges ahead. We have more about object-based programmes from Jasmine Cox, and an introduction to Primer, a rather clever way to manage multi-camera live broadcasting from BBC R&D. First, let's hear from Matthew Postgate. It's been a big year for the BBC. Obviously, things like the referendum and the Olympics, it was always going to be, have been an exceptional, exceptionally busy year. And for me, the things that stand out within design engineering is, first of all, the way in which everybody continued to deliver business as usual through what was a business as unusual kind of period. The fact that we were able to maintain our services, continue to grow our services, and also deliver a number of the big projects that we set out as priorities a year ago, despite the ambiguity and difficulties caused by the restructure, has just been so gratifying to watch and and made me so proud of working alongside everybody in the, in the group through through that period. So I don't I don't think we should lose sight of that because I think just achieving that was really remarkable. In terms of what stood out from a personal point of view, you know, obviously bringing the different communities together into this group has been you know a real highlight for me. It's not been easy. It means lots of people have been in conversations around structures. It means that there's been a lot of um, distraction from the reason people come to the BBC and come to do the work, to have that impact. But I genuinely believe it's the right thing for the organisation. And it genuinely feels like we've now put in place the foundation for the kind of technology, engineering, design, product type capability that the BBC is going to need in this charter period. And, and I genuinely believe that the efforts of the last year are going to echo you know, throughout the next decade and probably into the decade after us, you know, we'll remember bringing design engineering into a single group as the sort of basic organisational structure that the BBC lives with through this really, really important period in its history. So it, it, it has been hard, but it's been incredibly gratifying to see that foundation put in place. And of course, now we're coming up to that one year birthday. Um, the sun is beginning to shine. The days are getting a bit longer. And it really feels like there's this sort of sense of potential and optimism now that we've got that foundation in place in terms of what we can do with it and unlock the kind of skills and the relationships and the opportunities that having us all in one group kind of present. And as I say, there's a sort of sense of, of um, moment and energy that is now really exciting. It's interesting that you, you focus on the fact that things continued, that it was that continuity that allowed the change to happen. One of the roles that you have is to look to the future, to look for the challenges the BBC will face, which will require, if you like, an engineering response, which will require us to do something different with technology in order to cope. What's, what do you think is coming down the line? What, what are you going to have to face in the next, say, 5, 10, 15 years in your role? I, I'm going to give a simple answer, even though I know it's not a simple situation. What I think is happening is that we are going to be re-engineering the BBC into an organization that is fundamentally about what you could describe as a service in relationship with its audience. So people looking at the BBC, having an individual relationship with us and being presented with the breadth of our offer. 
and that's re-engineering because I think because of the, the history and the technology that has been available to us in the first century of our existence, what we have is a kind of services out kind of organization. You know, we have news and TV and radio and the different genres within that mix and children's and, and, you know, we have done an amazing job of creating those propositions and then presenting them to audiences and then audiences have sort of navigated between them or encountered them in different technology contexts or in, in, in different, in different ways. But what is shifting is, is now people's, um, experience of media increasingly is, is this sort of one service into the organization. And, and I think that we're still forming what those ideas are and what that means. Um, but that is the single biggest shift that I think is coming down the tracks at us. Why is that important? Why is it perhaps a more complex um, answer to the question? It has these huge implications in terms of how we think about metadata, what systems we join up, how we think about brands. All of those issues are going to come and be part of what we as a group work on with colleagues across the BBC, both in a design sense and in, in, a, in an engineering sense. And then the final layer of complexity, take a simple answer and make it complicated, mm -hmm. is that obviously we are in this moment of the organization's history where there isn't this binary switch. It's like this one day and then we all come in on Monday and it's all different. Instead, we are in parallel maintaining a suite of services that are incredibly popular and in real assets to the to the BBC uh, at the same time as trying to introduce this new approach and, and managing that balance and managing that paralyzation is 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 also one of the kind of things that make this an exciting period an important period but it's slightly more complex than simply shifting from a services out to a service in kind of model and it sounds as if as you say we're not going to notice a particular transition each day it will be subtly different and in five years time it will have been transformed but we won't have noticed it if you do it properly yeah I, I, and i think that's because what we're talking about is real people in terms of our audiences and they they are not a homogenous mass they are you know people who pay for us uh, every month um, or every year and they have different habits and those are all habits that are valuable and we should respect and that means we need to find ways of serving those different habits, which creates this this um, context, which means we have to be able to sort of do both. And you know, exploring how we do that within the sort of yes, the financial envelope we have, which we know is is under pressure. But really, it's more how do you do that just within the kind of human bandwidth that we have? You know, we can only do so many things at once. We have to be quite good at prioritization to sort of manage those those balances. It's an interesting moment, but we are the people who are steering this, the good ship BBC through this, through this moment. And, and that's our particular challenge. It's a really interesting one. And in many ways, we're lucky to be the, the people steering the ship through this period. And, and one, one last point, which is the way you speak about audiences and the services in model speaks to me of that different relationship between editorial content and engineering that's emerging now as a result of the changes over the last year. I don't believe the BBC is either an editorial organisation or an engineering organisation. I believe that when it's at its best, it holds those two traditions in balance. And um, I think it's true to say that, that over the last 20, 30 years, the technology context has been relatively stable which meant that you know that that balance in certain cases became 
less in equilibrium by which I mean you know the, the technology was essentially stable so we didn't invest much in it and we didn't have to change much uh, and that gave us the opportunity to, to, to do a lot more experimentation and put a lot more emphasis on the editorial side. I think now people's experience of media is, is as defined by the technology whether or not that's Netflix or social media platforms as the editorial stuff that, that's coming out and the, the response to that it's always the same it, all the way through history. It isn't about the engineers sort of dominating the editorial staff or the editorial staff dominating the engineering staff. And by the way, design sits in the middle of that and tries to bring the, the two together. It's about when those things are held in really creative balance. And I would say that given that, that technology is becoming an increasingly part of people's media experiences, you, you can sense that there's this, the BBC is reaching that equilibrium again you know, really, really collaborative, really positive conversations with many people in working in the editorial areas. I think an acknowledgement by those of us working perhaps more, more the engineering-led disciplines that, you know, we need to think carefully and be very cognizant of editorial issues. And of course, the really brilliant stuff where those two things are, are working really well together, where you just get new editorial formats or you find ways of delivering existing services in new creative ways. You know, to take one example, the conversation around the new Scottish channel, you know, what could that be? You know, yes, there's a sort of a huge editorial element of that, that in terms of representation and, and the relationship with the BBC and its Scottish audiences, but also a really exciting conversation about, yes, well, what, what does the broadcast element, um, do? How does that relate to an internet element, internet delivered element? You know, what is that, what is that kind of evolution of the idea of a channel that we can experiment with and play with? Uh, in Scotland and of course that's going to be absolutely about both the editorial and engineering elements and those things working together and I know that the people who have been involved to date in that project have had this really rich conversation of opportunity about where we could take that. Matthew Postgate there. Well one of the ways in which DE will influence the way we tell stories is through object-based program making as we heard last week from Jasmine Cox in Research and Development. She talked about a project called Cake, the cook-along kitchen experience. Cake is a television programme that adapts to your cooking as you go along. A really interesting use of the object-based programme tools in R&D. And Jasmine pointed out that though Cake itself is a bit of a one-off, the plan is to create a more general solution. So Cake was actually very handmade. It's not necessarily a scalable application uh, or a production process. So we are now working on what we call the object-based toolkit, which is going to be a set of tools that help people make things a little bit like cake as a step towards being able to make scalable object-based experiences. And that, that's scalable in terms of uh, lots of productions being able to use the tools to make content like this. She also explained that her team is doing a lot of research into how audiences use cake. Currently we're planning uh, a trial with, with around 100 people um, where we are very focused on how they're using cake. So Taster can give us some fantastic analytics, but we're also doing a trial where we can interview people after they've used it to compare um, how well it is to kind of linear versions of cooking along with programmes. And finally, she hinted at a future where the data we collect about our audiences won't just be used to make programme recommendations, but will shape the experiences they have from the BBC in you know in the future not too distant future i imagine you will have some kind of profile with my bbc 
that will um, potentially have information that relates to your other media habits with the BBC, things you've, you've kind of accessed before, that will be able to help us deliver something that is either more more personalised just because you like something or more personalised because we're able to help you learn a new thing um, in a more tailored way. Jasmine Cox there, opening up what I'm sure will be a much wider debate about personalisation and how we take it beyond recommendation systems to a more tailored interaction with audiences. Finally on Front Row, let's go live. Last week in the Radio Theatre, Director General Tony Hall launched Culture UK, a collaboration between the BBC and arts funding organisations in England, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales. The importance of having the right technology to support the BBC's ambitions to work with cultural partners was stressed again and again, and BBC R&D offered those attending the launch a chance to try out some of the new techniques like virtual reality and to look at IP Studio. Also on show was an interesting new approach to a multi-camera setup, and I asked Ian Wagdin to tell me what was on offer. Yeah, well, this is a, an R&D tool called Primer, uh, and essentially we've got three high-resolution cameras that are connected into um, a set of IP Studio nodes, which are really computers. They're recording the output from those cameras all the time. And then I've got a software-based, or actually a web-based vision mixer. So I've got a Chrome window open where I've got uh, at this, the output from those three cameras. OK, so you've now just cloned one of them. So yeah. you're, you're copying the output from one of those cameras. What are you going to do with it now? Well, because they're, I've got a copy and because they're such high-resolution cameras, what I can actually do is I can start to crop in to create a HD or SD output from a 4K um, captured image. So if I save that crop, um, I can start to create virtual cameras. So effectively, for my three cameras, I've now got six. And, and each of those cloned cameras is, has a slightly different view because you've cropped a different area of the, the 4K image. Yeah, and obviously I've positioned the cameras in such a way that I've got uh, good coverage of the room. So the kind of basic skill in setting up an OB doesn't go away, but I've got more tools at my disposal in order to kind of do a more interesting cut of the, the events. Yeah, indeed. So we've got six cameras from three, mm -hmm. and then you can start capturing. Yeah, if I start capturing, what happens is I start building up a timeline, and then uh, you'll, you'll see in the, the window here the timeline starting to build, and as I select those cameras, which I can either do just by clicking on the mouse or selecting the camera on there, I start to create um, a, an output uh, an edit of, of that event that I'm creating. Now, we're not actually broadcasting this yet, so there's a, a line that says broadcast will be or 23, 24, 25 seconds mm -hmm. behind live. So that reflects the time when you started capturing, but we're not actually sending this stream out into, into the world yet. No, we're not, but uh, that actually gives us some advantages. So uh, what I can do is I can actually pause where I'm capturing stuff and step back in time and correct my edits so I can kind of move stuff uh, up and down the timeline or if I don't like a crop I can change a crop and I only affect that shot when I do it um, and that's because we've captured that original um, media as an object so it's a full resolution frame and I've just captured the decisions that the edit uh, machine is making. Okay so, so we've got the, the the streams are captured onto the Mac Minis. Yes. Uh, this is an IP yeah, Studio yeah, setup, setup and then you're creating the edit list on in on, your browser. On the browser and then we join those together at the point they're needed so when I hit the broadcast button the renderer essentially reads the decision list, the edit decision list, and it reads the media and puts the two together, which means that I haven't actually done anything destructive until the point when I put it out to air. 
Right, and we're now getting ready. We're broadcasting we're one bro- one minute thirteen behind live. Yeah, I mean that could be anything up, to, you know, as, as long as you want. But the idea is that maybe somebody else, because it's a web browser, you can have somebody else coming along doing a compliance view, or maybe you know you might have. Um, the idea is to keep the barrier of entry really low. So, so we, what we really want to try and do is make sure that um, anyone can kind of come in and uh, and work with us really simply. But you might have a, a set of more experienced eyes that are kind of looking over two or three edits. And until the moment is actually broadcast, you can go back and, and change things uh, again, can't you? Until time catches up with you. So, you know, you can you can go back in time. Unfortunately, we can't go forward in time. But. I was say, if only you could do that with life. But actually, we are. Um, the important thing is because we're capturing everything. That is only the stream feed that's there. So, so I could, in theory, load this all into an edit suite at some later stage and make those changes again. Okay, and all that's there. Yeah. Where can we find out more about Primer? BBC R&D website, so uh, www.bbc.co.uk forward slash RD, and you can find out about all of the BBC projects there, and Primer and Nearly Live is, is one of those strands of work. And this is available for people to come and work with you as well? Uh, yes, we're doing some trials at the Manchester International Festival, and again at Edinburgh, just kind of refining the technology. The stack is all very cutting edge, so we have to make sure that it, it, it kind of works in a way that is deployable and robust enough, so we're kind of working on those uh, iterations next. So. You know, as always with R&D, this stuff is never finished, but uh, we're hoping to be able to kind of move some, you know, do more trials as, as time progresses. Thanks ever so much. No problem. That's Primer, just one of the tools that design and engineering is building to allow the whole BBC to reach audiences more effectively. So look out for it being deployed at some of the major festivals this year. That's all for this edition of Front Row on 2LO Rebooted. I've been Bill Thompson, and I'll be with you again next week.